one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And my name is John Merrick. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's Paul Monk. You were you were spared me doing an actual impression of John Merrick. Then. Good because uh, I wouldn't really want to hear John Merrick say, "And we are a very British horror," because <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> but but um, Paul, I think you've already said. But let's just you know, the elimination of doubt. What are we going to be talking about in this episode? So um, we're talking about the. 1980 David Lynch film, The Elephant Man. Right. And this is still an episode of a very British horror, of course. <laughs> so I think we just have to take a moment to say why we think we could cover The Elephant Man. So we do have a pretty broad definition of what consists of British horror, but this maybe is as broad as we go. But, but is it though? Because, you know, People think of the Elephant Man and they think, okay, David Lynch, great author. We all know what David Lynch is, uh, Twin Peaks and so forth. Uh, nothing to do with British horror. And the Elephant Man, well, that's like a biopic, is it? Or a costume drama? That's not British horror. Yeah. But wait, wait a minute. This is, in my view, this is absolutely bang on British horror. In fact, there are several... British horror films, which are more or less exactly the same as this in yep. subject matter, in subject, in terms of subject matter. So, um, and obviously, maybe not Dracula um, with the the, the fantasy um, element or supernatural element, and you've got Frankenstein science fiction. Okay, maybe, but yeah. But, um, if if you look at another strand of British horror, Burke and Hare, it's the same. It's um, like Victorian or. 19th century uh, medical horror, you know, yeah. and that that Burke and Hare was um, several British horror, horror films, quite big yeah. ones. Uh, Flesh in yeah. the Fiends with Peter Cushing, and there was uh, there was a 1980s one as well with Timothy Dalton. Um, Burke and Hare were in the Doctor Jekyll and Sister Hyde. So so okay, so that one possibly isn't quite the same genre, but you know, the, <laughs> um, Flesh in the Fiends, um, black and white. Yeah, classically black and white, like the Elephant Man, uh, and there's another one, uh, Corridors of Blood, with Boris Karloff and Christopher yep. Lee, which is very similar in some ways to this. That's all like Dickensian London as well, and that's that's about the discovery of anaesthetic, as far as I it remember. Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, the Elephant Man actually, actually, you could fit squarely in the genre of British horror, but it, 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 people don't think of it like that. I think because of David Lynch, but before before his reputation grew, um, Lynchian came a bit later. I think, but yeah, uh, um, before that, I, I guess you know costume dramas were a massive thing. British costume dramas in the eighties. There was uh, Chariots of Fire. There was Gandhi, Room with a View, and all those most yeah. ivory films. So I think I think maybe people put the Elephant Man in that box. And, and yeah. you know, much as I love Room of the View, I guess you couldn't call it British horror. <laughs> but it's, but but this isn't the Elephant Man. Isn't quite the same as that. So basically, that's so, the case for the defence. The Elephant Man is a British horror film. Well, I, I would add, add to that as well. You know, I think it has um, some parallels with um, with Frankenstein, 
possibly. Very much so, very much so. Um, and it has it has parallels to a lot of those sort of um, black and white universal horrors, which are, I know are not British, but that it counts <laughs> as being horror. We previously co-opted at least one of them, but yes. We have, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think... Um, and I think it just uses a lot of the, the same sort of uh, ideas and tricks of, that horror films use, but but nicely inverted, which I think is is, is quite is is a is a, a good thing. Right. And I do think as well it shares a lot, and I think this is I don't know if this is intentional. I do think it shares a lot with again not a British film, but. I would classify this as a kind of bizarre horror with David Lynch's first film, Eraserhead, which I know um, is also black and Mel, white, of course. It is. And I know that Mel Brooks uh, watched that when someone suggested David Lynch direct this. Um, and we'll get, I guess we should get on to what Mel Brooks has to do with this in a minute. Um, and, and, and he really, really likes it. So I think that does inform this slightly as well. So, and I want to start with David Lynch because this is a bit for me of worlds colliding because I absolutely love David Lynch, absolutely passionately love the films of David Lynch. And um, I would never have thought that we'd be ever covering David Lynch filming our podcast here, but but he's more or less my favourite living director. And... um, Twin Peaks: The Return. I don't know if you watched it, Paul, but I think it's probably the best. I, didn't know. I think it's probably the best thing that's ever been on television in the history of television. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Twin Peaks: The Return is absolutely astonishing. I mean, t- t- Twin Peaks is good, the original one, but the re- the Return is oh, it's completely unfiltered <laughs> version of Twin Peaks. It's 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 just amazing. Um, but I, I but I, I love. Um, Blue Velvet and Wild at yeah. Heart and Lost Highways to an extent, Mulholland Drive definitely, and all, all of all, 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 all of that stuff. He was and June. Don't so forget June. I love yeah, yeah. June. A lot of people don't actually like June. But we're, but they're we're, wrong. They <laughs> are wrong because we're, <laughs> we're we're both. I think we're both really big June fans. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really really adore June, but the whole like. Uh, and I already alluded to this, that the whole thing about David Lynch and what people think of as David Lynch starts with Blue Velvet, which he made in like 86 yeah. or something, didn't he? Um, so so a, f- a few years after The Elephant Man, and that's the, the like uh, Americana, um, like Midwest, yeah. like, fences and things. And uh, so, um, and that that's what developed into Twin Peaks and um, all the stuff he did after that so this this part of his career where we go from Razorhead which is like very surreal sort of science fiction not sort of, not really kind of just weird and then um Elephant Man well, I think I think Razorhead's a lot more horror yeah maybe I, I mean like than, than science fiction but well, okay yeah. well y- y- <laughs> it's been a while I have to say it has been a while since I, I watched a raise head maybe I'll, I'll return for I probably will return to it now for reasons we'll <laughs> they're obvious when I get enthused about David Lynch I don't tend to stop but um yeah um June big sci-fi movie um which he hated the experience of by the way <laughs> um, yeah um and then, then he's ended up doing 
American subjects, American films, and that's the 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 thing he's best known for, especially once he did the TV stuff as well. Um, so so this and uh, this is him making his reputation. In fact, because I don't think a Razorhead was that big a film. I think Elephant Man is no exploded onto the well, it, it it got nominated and possibly won Oscars, didn't it? I can yeah, I can answer that. Nominated for eight uh, Academy Awards, one zero. But, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. kind of everything, can you? <laughs> And he he was nominated for for best he was nominated for best director. But I don't I'm not sure that that's happened again. So um, no. <laughs> and John Hurt was nominated for best actor. Um, Fair enough. And and the, I mean they did this film did win some awards but not Academy Awards. I think there were Baftas and things, things yeah. like that. <laughs> you know, which are good too. You know, it's not 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 good. Not, knock a BAFTA <laughs> I mean usually you, you I mean I think Hammer Films got too many of those so you usually usually we don't <laughs> you, the, um, trouble the the awards with the um, the films that we talk about but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, 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 this was very well thought of not not a massive commercial success but I think it was uh, considered to be artistically a, a, tr- a triumph uh, which yeah. you know and set Lynch on his way and there are um, there are Lynchian elements of this film, uh, dream sequences and, and yeah, th- th- yeah. things like that. Stuff, the stuff. They're quite, they're quite, they're, they're odd, but they're they're quite subdued compared with, you know, later, yeah, uh, films. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. can kind of see the roots, can't you, in, in those bits? You you ab- you absolutely can. Um, because otherwise, this this is quite a. It's almost like a kind of very straightforwardly directed film. If that makes sense. Yeah. In a lot absolutely. of ways, I think I think when you when you're going to push the boundaries, you've got to first prove that you can do it the normal way. <laughs> so you yeah. know know what boundaries you're pushing. Uh, so yeah, I th- so I, I see exactly what you mean. Uh, so so maybe, maybe we'll we'll come back a bit to that. But you mentioned Mel Brooks, and that 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 is weird although i, I did know know this uh, by the way gonna say this was actually despite what i said about being a ma- massive acolyte of david lynch actually the first time i've ever watched the elephant man and because i kind i kind of was was a was a bit put off by the subject matter because yeah actually be for the, for the opposite reasons because uh like tragic biopics aren't generally the kind of thing I enjoy no. watching. <laughs> um, so, so before we get into that, obviously, for anyone that doesn't know um, what this is about, uh, it's the, the the story of actually Joseph Merrick. Joseph I don't know Merrick. why he's called John in this. I don't know why that's changed. Um, uh, who, who was a, a real person who had massive deformities um i can't remember what the what illness they think it is but yeah syndrome i believe that's it yeah that that caused um just massive growths on various parts of his body Um, and he had it very very extremely and was found by frederick treves who was a doctor at the uh royal london hospital um who who sort of 
effectively rescued him from from the, the the freak show that he was being displayed in, and generally gave him a as good a life as he could, um, and he became a bit of a celebrity sort of in, in the East End of London for the few years he he, he lived after after that. Well, it's exactly true, and. Yeah. So David Lynch became involved when he couldn't finance his own uh, screenplay because he was writing something called Ronnie Rocket. Um, yeah. And he couldn't get the money for that. So he, he got attached to this um, Elephant Man pro- project instead, which some other guys had, had written the, the script for. And they took it, shopped it around. And um, I think some people connected to it knew Mel Brooks and, and Mel Brooks uh, yeah. read the script and liked it. So <laughs> then he he basically knew and liked everyone involved apart from David Lynch, who never heard of. So then he watched A Razor yeah. Head and then he decided he loved David Lynch as well. So he was the director. So that was the story yeah. he told. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, so th- then they they, <laughs> they they came to to London. Now, M- Mel Brooks... Well, they, is not a credited producer on this film. And so it is credited as a like Brooks film. Yeah. And his wife Anne Bancroft is in it. <laughs> but, yeah. but he's not a credited producer. He was actually a, a producer or executive producer, but his name was left off because he was so he's so associated with, with comedy, isn't he? And, yeah. um, and well, I know especially great, especially comedy. you're look yeah, you're looking at a kind of Victorian subject matter of a Victorian um, era, black and white film, uh, a lot of people are going to assume it's a bit of a young Frankenstein. Exactly, film, exactly. Of course they, they are, because... Which is brilliant. Young Frankenstein is excellent. <laughs> and that par- a parody of uh, the universal Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah, excellent. And, and, and of course, Mel Brooks was a master of comedy from the, the producers onwards or before that, but... Yeah, but but <laughs> in cinema terms, we we tend to think of it as starting from the producers, don't we? And going yeah. all the way up. I think um, he he eventually maybe maybe not whilst at his peak, he made a, a Dracula parody, didn't he? I he think. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we could count that as a British film as well if we really tried. <laughs> Dracula, that's <laughs> kind of British, Irish. Is that, really. is that... <laughs> yeah. Dracula dead and loving it exactly it? exactly yeah. I, I believe i believe that's um, leslie nielsen yeah yeah but a mel brooks film straight yeah. enough um anyway that's that's a, that's a yeah and young frankenstein had been one of the few black and white films made in the 70s hadn't it and he obviously yeah. attracted to black and white for telling certain kinds of stories and i think it was decided i'm not i don't know that it was David Lynch's idea, although he'd obviously made Razorhead in black yeah. and white, but it was, and it hadn't been so long, you know, in nineteen eighty, hadn't been so long since black and white films were like a normal thing. Um, yeah, it was still, <laughs> I think it was still quite unusual. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think by nineteen seventy, black and white had more or less died out, and it, and it was as common after that as it is today. Like people do it occasionally. <laughs> yeah well i think i think now it's it's sort of like a shortcut to um this this film is is about something serious it's a serious subject matter um but back then i don't think it 
had that association so much. Well, I think I mean, it was just more of a stylistic thing. And actually, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe this film kicked off that trend for something being super serious. Well, Raging yeah. Bull as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I think think that I think that's right. So so. Um, uh, okay, and then the, the next the, the next thing about about this film. Uh, so I'm going to start talking about the connections to British horror in a second, but there's a couple of, well, there's some members of the cast who are not connected to British horror. Um, so Anthony Hopkins plays Frederick Treves. Now, whatever happened to Anthony Hopkins? <laughs> who? <laughs> yeah. He didn't do much after this, did he? <laughs> So at, at the time of recording, uh, 41 years, something like that, after this film was um, re- released, and Anthony Hopkins just won the uh, Academy Award for Best Actor, the oldest man ever to do so, yeah. <laughs> his role in, in The Father. So uh, I think it's fair to say that he's, <laughs> he's, he's, still, he's still, you know, doing quite well for himself. Yeah, he's doing all right. But in fact, in The Elephant Man, we almost see a young Anthony Hopkins. We see an Anthony Hopkins that's a different, well, I say a different kind of actor. He, <laughs> this is him as a leading man. Uh, this is yeah. him, not him as um, like Hannibal Lecter. That was all in his <laughs> future. <laughs> this is, um, <laughs> and he did do this um a reasonable amount because he's in a couple of um, Merchant Ivory films playing like um, repressed Englishmen with the hearts in the right place. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and that's I think that's uh, Frederick Treves. I think he, yeah, yeah, um, and, and it's great to see him. And Anthony Hopkins could come from theatre, had never um, to well, yeah, Silence of the Lambs is a horror film. I mean, people do consider it to be a horror film, um, and he had made magic in the seventies, yeah. which is uh, basically uh, the great screenwriter William Goldman had seen Dead of Night and gone, "That thing with the ventriloquist dummy—that's <laughs> yeah. a good idea. <laughs> I'll use that." <laughs> and, um, so, so yeah, so so magic was a whole film of that idea, basically. Um, good film. I've watched that. That's a good film. Okay, um, you know, I haven't seen that. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but but you know he'd obviously never got involved in the in the classic period of British horror that I've ever that I've ever noticed. <laughs> no, no, I can't think of anything. And another theatrical great in this movie, who again I can't really think of as a <laughs> in terms of British horror, is John Gilgood. Yes, yeah. Um, playing I mean... play, playing the governor of the hospital. Uh, so this is kind of like you know you know you're talking about the great theatrical nights here. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean we we have seen Ralph Richardson. We we saw him <laughs> slumming it in Tales from the Crypt, <laughs> didn't we? But... Yeah, we did. <laughs> but yeah, this 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 cast is 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 pretty decent, isn't it? For for you know, given that it's an unknown director really at this point uh, yeah but then uh, i guess a lot amazing. of these these people were early in their careers i suppose well i mean gilgood obviously oh, gilgood. not not but no 
I think if you put it in historical context, the British film industry had collapsed. Um, it collapsed about 1974, I think, roundabout. Round, round and it, it took a, uh, a lot of film production, a lot of opportunities for these people um, with it. So although there were still films, you know, throughout the 80s, it's a very small number of films being made. So I think if you're mounting a reasonable budget production, I think you can get these people at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's you know the, the, that's the stars all aligning for the elephant man there i think yeah and and, and you know a word on on john, john gilgood because i mean I, i've always liked him um but to, and towards the end of his life and he's getting on a bit here but he went on for, well into his 90s actually um yeah he was deep doing more cameos but here it's a significant role and he, he you, you think he's going to be this stuffy victorian um bureaucrat and he's won over by john merrick in about five minutes and becomes yeah. a really nice guy <laughs> and, yeah. really, and trees is really you know there's a lot of like nice guys nice people in this night. <laughs> and, uh, yeah <laughs> um so so um but then john hurt play plays john Merrick, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Historically, Joseph Merrick playing, but he's called John in this. Um, I don't, I don't know why that was changed. Do you, did you I, ever find out why that was changed? Because I couldn't find out anything as to why that he was John and not Joseph. So I do not know. I, I think it may have just been a misunderstanding. It may have been in the original source material. Um, yeah, because the original source material is uh, Treves's. Uh, memoir essentially <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> so, and a 70s book about about it i think so there were two two sort of source materials they used yeah no that that is true you, you, yeah. you, you you're right um but you, it's a it's a minor it's a minor minor thing but um yeah it's slightly annoying because we're having to give, use both names continuously <laughs> we're going to call him john in this because in the film he's because that's what he is yeah yeah um now the makeup is amazing and looks yeah. really accurate to um, the historical because there are photos of John Merrick. It looks pretty much yeah, the same. It does. And, yeah. and and in in fact, um, it was such a celebrated medical case that his re remains were preserved and um, a cast was made of his body and stuff, and it was kept in the Royal London Muse Hospital Museum. And it's still there. And the you can't you can't you can't go and see it though. You have to have like you have to be invited or you have to. Well, um, I, I, I so I think it's more. So, I don't want to see it. <laughs> I, think <it's, laughs> I think it's morbid, but but, but I, I do know that the um, Chris Tucker who did the makeup had access to. Yeah, yeah. I think because I, 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 you, a, there is yeah, another Chris Joseph. Tucker. Yeah, there is, yeah, there's another Chris Tucker, isn't there? I think I'm sure that's his name. Yeah, uh, he did, did the makeup, and he had access to, um, to to all of this. So, so he 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 got um, the the makeup bang on. It's a brilliant prosthetics. Yeah. But then John 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 Hurt doesn't get hidden under it. He manages to give this really like sympathetic, expressive performance. And 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 the, as the film goes. You can't initially tell, like, um, how intelligent he is because he doesn't no. say anything. He just makes grunting noises. But 
but as, it's more because he's scared. And, and, and as he starts to trust Treves, he kind of reveals it. Actually, actually, he's really intelligent. And, and, and this, you know, Treves and, and uh, John Gilgit's character as well, the governor, they, they think this is actually makes it more tragic because, yeah. because he, he, he knows exactly what his situation is. Because yeah, because um, yeah, he's so disfigured, he's been a, a, a freak show, and he's been a, um, exhibited by this horrible man called Bites, who's like a yeah, a circus owner, not quite a circus owner, but like, well, he's just so, he's a he's a carny yeah like uh, a guy, isn't he? With with freak show, like that's that's all he has. He has yeah. Merrick is all he has, and that's his. Um, yeah. This is livelihood. Okay, so so we've got several things to cover here, right? So 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 first of all, just one finishing off on John Hurt. Um, he was he played the not totally dissimilar role in a Tyburn film called The Ghoul, like a few years uh, yeah, but before now, um, <laughs> that that's um that's quite a good film actually, but obviously it's nothing like this. But it's got he's like heavy, heavy makeup, and in that he's um, Peter Cushing's son. <laughs> afflicted by some horrible curse. Yeah. Yeah. As far well, as well, wasn't wasn't her picked um because of his performances? Um what was it called? The, yeah, the Quentin Crisp. Quentin, Quentin Crisp. Naked Civil Servant. That's that's it, yeah. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah, so not because of the ghoul. And in no. fact, <laughs> Lynch wanted Jack Nance. Yeah, who was a razorhead, and and whom um, he used several times subsequently, but um, <laughs> that, that, would, wasn't... that wouldn't. Have, I mean, I like Jack Nance, and I like his his all his appearances in the various David Lynch films and other things. Pete, Pete Martell in Twin Peaks, yeah, but but no, he wouldn't have been right for this. No, no, he absolutely wouldn't. Oh. Um, but, but I just wanted to say that John Hurt had this connection to classic British horror. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the ghoul, but then the the, the man that plays an Bob, alien, obviously. Yeah, yeah, Ish. yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a whole other debate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a Twitter thing. That was a tw- a big Twitter argument, wasn't it? That, um, that someone said that. Um, Science fiction can't also be horror. And then someone's oh, right. like, what about yeah, Alien? Yeah. What about Alien? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, were, they were just wrong. Yeah. Um, it probably is. It was filmed in Brembridge. Yeah, anyway, we're not going to... That's a whole other... <laughs> we'll, we'll park that. <laughs> okay. Um, Let so, us know on Twitter if you'd like us to cover Alien because you think it's a British horror film. Oh, they, they will. You know they will. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> right. But... But the the showman bites and bites wasn't his name. There was a historical yeah. person, but his name wasn't bites. <laughs> bites is a curiously technological name ascribed, uh, but but a, a character played by the great, the very great Freddie Jones, yeah, whom we've seen in well, recently he's, we've seen in Krull, but that's not a good example. <laughs> he's 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 in. So many different things, isn't he? Frankenstein must be destroyed. Exactly. Uh, Satanic uh, rights of Dracula. Yeah. And I'm sure we've spoken about him in some other point as well. He's uh, also in June. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we have because he's in, he was in uh, 
it was in Kroll. But he, yeah. he <laughs> he's, um, yeah, we, we're very big fans of uh, Freddie Jones. And it's an amazing he, performance here. Yeah, at- he's superbly deranged in, in, a, in a sort of understated way. Yeah, not, not an over-the-top way. Because he really, he, he's just exploiting um, Merrick's difference. He beats him. He gets angry with him. Yeah. And beats him with a stick. And oh, well, he views him as his possession as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and and bites doesn't seem to have. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the relationship is, but but he, there's there's also like a, a ward, that, not necessarily a son, but there's like a a, a boy that works Dexter there. Fletcher. Who is Dexter Fletcher? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was watching. I was going, oh, that's Dexter Fletcher. I know. Me too. Me too. Because it's like about a ten-year-old Dexter Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, you, yeah, it, it's 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 not really a standout role. Although Dexter Fletcher was subsequently seriously considered for the role of Paul Atreides, <laughs> so due to oh, okay, <laughs> that would have been interesting. Uh, for people who don't know, he went on to be in Press Gang, which was brilliant, uh, children's TV in the eighties, uh, written by Stephen Moffat, and then um, then. Yeah, uh, an ill-conceived um, season as the games master, oh. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, now, now as a film director, directed um, yeah. um, Rocket Man, um, yeah, and and the one about um, Eddie the Eagle Edwards as well, and one, took over from Brian Singer and, from uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. So yeah, and doing well for yeah, and, yeah, but and and is the the voice of the McDonald's adverts. Which is his main achievement <laughs> over his long and varied career. <laughs> it's just really weird because it took me ages to realise who, who he was. Because uh, having having the radio on in the car, uh, you obviously hear quite a lot of adverts. Some of them are from McDonald's, and I was thinking this guy's voice is really familiar. Uh, and and then and then it just dawned on me, yeah, Dexter Fletcher. So he's the voice of McDonald's in, here in the UK. <laughs> Um, so uh, I think we ca- we carry we so what happens is Treves he effectively is intrigued by uh, a big furor at the carnival because um, th- it's actually shut down because the sight of Merrick is too horrible. It's yeah. just like we're not having this. Yeah, and, the police and, have turned up. Yeah, and they, they shut it, the. the the fair down and and so Treves goes and finds him or he um he somehow he uses the Baker Street irregulars apparently <laughs> track, 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 yeah I mean not quite but similar kind of thing track tracks down uh Merrick pays bites for a private show um Bites makes him feel very uncomfortable by saying we understand each other, we're really close business partners, or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. and that's something that the, 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 the come the film comes back to, and it then does, yeah. Um, and and another thing that, that it comes back to as well is that um, we 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 learn that Merrick can't sleep lying down. Yeah. So so it's like, well, where does he sleep? Oh, he, he he can't sleep lying down. He has to sleep sitting up. That's why he's got this kind of alcove in the, uh, in this rundown part of town. But then, um, 
like the second a second visit is after bites is taken against like a fence or something that um Merrick's done and then beats him. I don't even know what it yeah. was. <laughs> I can't. Do, you know, when 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 your uh, abusers don't need a reason because Bites is like a, a full on abuser, isn't he? And yeah. um, so, so so um, Treves comes back, sees how um, I'm well, um, injured. Merrick is, uh, and sees immediately through the uh, the explanation that he had a fall. And, and so he sort of sneaks him into the London hospital up, up into an attic room. And then, then you have um, basically scenes of him trying to defend uh, admitting this patient because yeah. the, is it, what is it that Gilgood says? We don't, we don't admit incurable cases and he's obviously incurable. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um but Treves wants to look after him, but also Treves sees that he's like medically really interesting because yeah. this is a condition that no one's really seen. And and he more or less immediately does, exhibits him, does one of those like medical lectures and shows him which, off. And Merrick. Which is, yeah, obviously identical, really, to what, what Bites was doing. Less cruel, but. It's essentially the same thing, which which I quite sort of like. That you know, even though your your sympathies are with Treves and he's the hero at this stage, I mean he does doubt this later on, but at this stage, uh, it it's exactly the same thing. And yeah, I think that's that's indeed um, well done. Uh, and. Gilgood's about to chuck him out of the hospital essentially because he doesn't believe that there's any point um, in keeping him there and um, Merrick manages to change his mind by basically saying he's read the Bible I think <laughs> it just demonstrates his well, intelligence yeah. and, then, and then Gilgood's uh, I mean I, I'm calling him Gilgood the governor I'll, I'll get his character <laughs> name up it's, 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 it's something slightly weird because it's it was, odd isn't it um but yeah, so so what it is is um, obviously Treves has has coached Merrick to say certain things or read recite a certain passage from the Bible, and what happens is is Merrick fluffs it up and gets I think just gets nervous and, yeah indeed and, and doesn't quite know what to say uh, and and so Treves gets accused of just teaching him to parrot things back. But while they're having this conversation out in the hallway, Merrick is is reciting the rest of the passage that that Treves hasn't taught him to say. Yeah, um, because it, because Merrick actually knows it. Yeah, and, and this is kind of because the film's very cleverly kept back that Merrick's intelligent, so you're in the same yeah. position as 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 them. It's Carl Gorm. <laughs> Francis yeah. Cargoon Gilgood plays with it. yeah it's a slightly strange name but I think it was his real name yeah so and then so then th- things get a bit better um, as they start to look after him and he starts to feel a bit more relaxed but there is a um, there's a fly in the ointment uh, not just bites who comes back to try and reclaim his um, property as he sees it, but gets chased off. Um, 
it's yeah. Jim who uh, is like um, I think he he's credited as a night porter although I don't think he's I mean I'm not exactly sure he does any night porting I, I think, think he's I think he's just a hospital <laughs> hospital porter and I think yeah. in those in that that sort of time they were just yeah the, the guys that did all those sort of jobs um, yeah and um, yeah, this is and he and he obviously sees the opportunity to, to make a quick buck. And this yeah. this Porter Jim is played by Michael Elphick. It's Michael Elphick. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I think have we talked about him before? I think we might have done. But you know, boom, we, boom, well, three up, two down. Um, yeah, but also with Nell and I. And yeah. actually, this character is actually not a million miles away from the poacher he plays with. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, he 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 goes to like um, he's obviously he's got access. Although although, um, although Merrick's in a secure place, he, he's got all the keys and he's got access. And, and well, they, they, they talk about moving him to somewhere slightly different where he he does have the access. I think initially he doesn't because in the isolation ward. So although he can yeah. get there, he can't get other people in. But yeah, but his plan when he when when Merrick's moved is is to basically sell tickets. Yeah, and he lets it be known that he's going to do that in a kind of, kind of proper Jack the Ripper style East End pub. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I love that pub. It's like they go in and, and immediately there are loads of drunk old men uh, singing along to a piano. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like it's, it's just like shorthand for um yeah east east end working class pub <laughs> yeah and so then then okay but then things continue to get better for for, for um merrick because yeah. um his his situation gets publicized he goes to tea with treves and meets um treves's wife played by hannah gordon great yeah. uh Great stalwart of British TV, Hannah Gordon, and and that um, they have a really touching conversation about families, and they we see we see a picture of um, Merrick's mother, um, and and it, I mean the whole thing reduces Mrs. Treves to tears because she feels so sorry for. Um, yeah, and, and you know, and what, what what the film's done is the same thing. To the same things happened. To, to I think the viewers happens to yeah. some of these characters is is you see the makeup and it's shocking and horrible and then yeah. after about and then a little while five minutes whatever you don't see it anymore you no, it's he's not just a, yeah he's just a sympathetic person <laughs> yeah. that you don't you don't you don't notice any of the the, the, the horrific uh, sort of injuries and things that he's got anymore no exactly um, exactly and and um, that kind. I mean, um, that that we've gone through and that people are starting to go through. I mean, like uh, Mrs. Treves kind of immediately, all, all right. But we've seen it from the nurses. Like the first yeah. time the the, the nurse, uh, what's what's her name, uh, Nora, apparently. Yeah. Leslie Dunlop. First, no, she screams when she first sees. Yeah. 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 But 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 they get they get 
the, and also the, the, the sort of matron woman, Mrs. Mothershead, yeah, yeah, who's yeah, a she, real battle axe. You know, you she, think she, you think, yeah. but, but but you know, you know, they 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 all uh, they they all see through the deformities and, and, and stuff, and they and they form like close attachments with him because <laughs> Merrick is. I mean, he's absolutely lovely. He's a very sweet-natured person. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And he kind of wins people over. And and because of his con- condition, uh, celebrities take an interest, don't they? So we've got um, Anne Bancroft as Mrs. Kendall, who's a great uh, star of the theatre. Yeah. The real person. Um, I, I love that she 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 pays a visit to... to Merrick, and the first thing she does is goes, "Hello, I brought you a signed photo of me." <laughs> 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 and it, of course, he can't go to the theatre; so he's no idea who she is. <laughs> no. but, he, but he loves it anyway because <laughs> he's because um, he's so. Like, I, I mean, like, like we'd be a bit jaded, you know, if that was to happen yeah. to me. I, I would think you narcissistic bastard. <laughs> 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 but no, he, he yeah, he, he takes it in a, and they ended up um you know reciting Romeo and Juliet together. Don't, yeah. don't they? Uh, it's, it's it's a it's a nice uh, it's a it's a nice scene and that forms an attachment. And um oh we get this amazing oh, I love this scene, which is like the, the debate of the hospital um yeah whoever they are, the the board of um the well, they're the hospital sort of, uh, yeah, trustees, board of yeah. directors, aren't they? Whatever that. Kind Very, of and then there's and there's there's one guy who's basically, oh, I'm never under no circumstances <laughs> I could like permit this freak to stay in my hospital. Yeah. And then John Gilgan is just smiling along, going, "Yeah, you keep saying that, <laughs> you keep digging." <laughs> <laughs> and then he lets the guy stop, and then. Um, Princess Alexandra comes in and and and, and reads a letter from Queen Victoria saying, "I hope you'll be very nice to our, <laughs> our, our, our unfortunate subject, Joseph or oh, John Merrick, whom we've um, taken a personal yeah. interest in his welfare." <laughs> and then the, then there's like, "Oh, we're just going to have a vote, uh, Your Highness, on whether we're going to um, allow Merrick to stay permanently." And of course, the the bigger has to go. Or, or let him stay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a, uh, it's a, and the way the whole scene's played is really great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it just and obviously at this point, Merrick's kind of at its height. The Queen Victoria is looking out for him. But, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, you can't have that in in a film. You can't have like. 10 minutes of everything's rubbish and then an hour and a half of everything's great. <laughs> so, right. so, okay. <laughs> Time for some more misery then. Cut back to Jim and his evil plan. He, uh, Merrick's got a room he can get to now and he thinks, right, it's time. I'll take a um, after hours when all the nice people have gone. Uh, yeah. uh, no one's looking after Merrick. I'll take a party of um, revelers, gawpers. Yeah. T- yeah, make a bit of money, and um, unfortunately, uh, bites. Who's heard about this? Um, but bites joins the party. Um, a party, by the way, and I'm sure you saw this. Include yeah. David Ryle as yeah. like uh, an old lech. Um, <laughs> uh, David Ryle, who we last saw as a much older man in uh, Tractate Midoth. <laughs> and who who was he leching over? 
Pauline Quirk. Yeah. Pauline Quirk. Yeah, young Pauline Quirk. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, pl- playing playing one of the ladies of the night. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so the and the the party goes uh, just as um, Merrick's making his model of the cathedral. Um, yeah, and. Um, uh, he, and he's got his um, fine clothes now, and his, yeah, so he's he's living happily. But but then um, all these people burst in and make a horrible exhibition of him, oh, and try and th- get him drunk. They 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 the the, 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 the girls are kind of forced to him because they think because the people think it's funny and stuff. And then and th- th- this this whole sequence is just horrible. And, yeah. and I think this is how we can justify it as as a, a horror film because. There's there's this yeah these these a whole group of people within it that, that are actually the monsters. They, yeah, and I think that that's yeah. it, and and it's very reminiscent of uh, like the Universal uh, Frankenstein's monster as they call exactly it, yeah call him the yeah the, the the treatment of the monster yeah it's just yeah it's very very much in that vein awful, um, but you know Jim isn't out out and he's out to make money he doesn't he's got this kind of i I don't i mean he he treats um merrick i'm not sure he treats him like he isn't a person i think he's just trying to exploit him um he he isn't trying to seriously hurt him or anything he's trying to just i mean i think he (laughs) i i don't think it's I don't think he's singling Merrick out for this kind of treatment. I just think he's that kind of person, right? It, it's but, sort of, yeah, it's, it's sort of, it's opportunistic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. I mean, he's the sort of person that if, if somebody had left a few valuables lying around within easy reach, that they might, he might have swiped them. That, that kind of a, yeah, this is this kind of a petty fiddle kind of yeah. criminal. And, and he's, uh, he's a bit like, let them in, step back, let them do their thing. He, he, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but he's made the fatal mistake. Uh, well, is it is is a mistake for Jim? Uh, um, he's, he's let bites in, and, of course, and bites yeah. just hides. Um, so so when when um, Jim takes them all out again um, and thinks he's leaving Merrick, you, you know, safe and in bed and he, he kind of makes sure doesn't he that because Merrick's just like totally like he's so shocked he's almost yeah. catatonic but he, he makes sure he's sitting up so so he's not you know choking yeah yeah condition um I'm not trying to defend Jim I'm just trying to say that the the the, the um the bites is Jim isn't precisely evil. I mean, not precisely, but Bites really is because Bites basically then kidnaps him. So, yeah. so, so well, when, when, um, because he's always so, viewed him as his property and he's yeah, claiming exactly. his property. Um, and, and then when Treves comes in the next day, the, the room's been trashed and, and, um, Merrick's gone and he, and he can't find him. He goes back. Treves goes back to Bites's place, but he doesn't. Um, but Bites isn't there. Yeah, because because Bites has taken um, Merrick to France. 
Basically, we're right back to where we were. Oh, Belgium. Can I just point out Belgium? Because oh, right, right. is he the fair? Yeah, the, all right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Is... I I corrected myself though. In fairness, <laughs> yeah, it's Bel. Okay, I think it's you're right. I think it's Belgium. Um, <laughs> um, um. So, and it's exactly like where we were the first five minutes of the film. It's another freak show. Yeah. And uh, Merrick though's too ill to perform. Um. So the show goes wrong, the crowd gets enraged. Um, and so once they've all gone, Bites drunkenly takes it out on the very sick Merrick and locks yeah. him in a monkey cage, essentially, which drives the other monkeys mad. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's another kind of very horrific scene. Just, just, I think it's worse because. Uh, Although nothing kind of like overtly horrific happens, you 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 know how Merrick must feel because we've we've all come to kind of love him by this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's that that treatment of him is quite sort of upsetting. It, it really is. And then after Bites has gone and drunkenly passed out in his unfeasibly tiny caravan. Yeah. <laughs> All, all the other uh, like the freaks in the com- commas they, they they they're basically like we're not standing for this and they 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 help Merrick escape. In fact, they they yeah. they, they, they they put him on a ferry back to England and yeah. and the the, the, the like um, the, uh, the the little man. It's Kenny Baker anyway. Yeah. <laughs> RTD two. Yeah, yeah. He so well, so one of the time bandits. Yeah, so we get a Kenny Baker. Appearance. I love Kenny Baker so much. I love, I love <laughs> Time Bandits, and he's great here as, as well, right? Because yeah, yeah. Uh, because um, you know, you know, I think I think the implication is they're kind of there willingly, and they can see Merrick's not, and he's been mistreated, and they're like, "We're sending you straight home," <laughs> right? Um, um, and they, uh, yeah, um, it's quite an interesting use in this scene of of, of actual um, people with with disabilities which uh, there's a guy who is actually tall i think he's just quite tall i don't know if he has any actual issues but there's, i noticed there's a there's a a woman with with a fairly small head um that that were often seen in those sorts of shows that they've got playing a role in there as well which is sort yeah. of interesting and, and and reminding me a little bit of um the todd browning film uh Freaks, exactly. Um, another horror. Which I don't, yeah, and I don't know if that was sort of a bit intentional, perhaps. I don't know, or just they just did it to make it more authentic, perhaps. But I don't know. Um, I'm sure it was intentional, to be fair. Although it's the it's the legitimate sub- subject. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, I mean, it's not like they're stretching historical accuracy at all. That I think, I think, I think. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how this panned out. I'm pretty sure that this actual the kidnapping and stuff isn't real, but but I think it is certainly true um, that Merrick came back from Ostend in a pretty bad condition. Yeah, um, that may have been before Treves first discovered him in real life, but then in in in, in here, uh, um, it's kind of his sort of second escape from bites but uh, he gets as far as 
I think I think it's yeah London on the train. Yeah. Um, but where but basically Street. boys pick on him, don't they? Because he's in his he's got his bag over his head and stuff. But they they think and he's limping and they think he's weird. And, yeah. and 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 then as he tries to get away from them, he accidentally makes a little girl cry, and then that raises a parent's alarm. And then, but basically a big crowd chase him into the toilets. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and then well, they've uh, removed his his sort of. Yeah, yeah, but they don't recognise him as John Merrick. No, no, but they just obviously are sort of freaked out by yeah how he looks. Yeah, and um, uh, he, 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 I think it's a line they use on the poster. He says, "I'm not an animal; I'm a man." Yeah, and then that sort of stops when they hear him speaking like that. It stops them in their tracks. Police come and get him, and he's he's returned to the hospital. and Treves is ever, ever so sorry. Jim has been fired, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, one of the other one of the other porters has sort of snitched on him. Hasn't I, I know, and uh, and Mrs. Mother's head has banged him on the head with a sheets or something as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so um, he he's there and he's now safe, but um, but we discover that he's dying because um, yeah. because his his illness. Um, like the whole situation has been too much for him but then he 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 dresses up to go to the theater uh, with princess alexandra and they yeah. see um, a performance of what i presume is swan lake i was meant to look it up Maybe yeah it i'm not lake. sure yeah. it was really because it's filmed by david it was Lynch. It's very surreal <laughs> <Yeah>. it was <laughs> but, quite it was quite bizarre i found you the theater sequence is lovely it is and i think um, it's just really nicely filmed and it's, it's kind of a bit surreal, but then it cuts back to to Merrick, sort of totally engrossed, and then yeah, because it's the first time because he's never been able to go to the theatre before. Uh, but he, he he's yeah. doing it in in the royal box, obviously. And then Mrs. Kendall turns up again and Bancroft um, to dedicate the performance to him, and um, she, she invites him to uh, stand up and he gets a like big round of applause from the whole yeah like, very touching scene but, but then then he goes back home they him and Treves say oh we'll have to do it again and you know Treves is only saying that because <laughs> he think he probably doesn't think that's ever going to happen again uh, <laughs> and he says good good night as if he knows it's the last time and then um you Basically, um, then Merrick tries to go to sleep like uh, like the boy in his picture, um, which we know he can't do. So, yeah. so he, wants to, he wants to go to sleep like everyone else and not have to sit up. And yeah. then it goes into another dream sequence and that's the end. And that's how he died. So he, yeah. he died of asphyxiation having, having done having done something uh, similar so so and that's kind of the end of the film and then you're just like and, and it was you know kind of what i thought it was quite tragic but it's a so it's a kind of film that I, I i stay away from but it's a bit but it's it's really excellent <laughs> it was really yeah, excellent it is, it is. <laughs> yeah and i think although although the ending is is tragic i think or the fact that what happens to him is tragic. I think the way that it's framed is um, is done in a kind of more, more sort of 
trying to think of the right word, but he he's it's not it's not it's it's not miserable miserable if you see what I mean. He's he's had this fantastic night and it it goes up. He sort of go almost goes out on a bit of a high. No, absolutely, and and I I, I agree agree with that. And I, I think um, for for me the story of this this film is he's he's he, he's because he's disfigured. He's he's disabled. He's he's, he's very, he is very disabled. He's physically disabled yeah. and d- disfigured. But but also, I know pe- people. We have this kind of um, this inbuilt we, we, way we deal with faces. I think we look for symmetry, and and because it's completely yeah. symmetrical. Like people's first reaction to him is always going to be horror, <laughs> disgust, because it's just yeah. and people you, people can't help that and he's had to deal with that his his whole life and indeed even when he's famous if he's out of a protected environment um yeah. so not 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 like the, the, the freak show and bites but even at the railway station right when he's, yeah. he's still famous but he still like, has a terrible time because he's out of his protected environment but when he's um in like i i think i'm obviously thinking this is shelter like sheltered accommodation so when he's surrounded yeah. by people understand his condition and who look after him and who actually like have his well-being at heart he has a like he can have a really good quality of life and he, yeah. he does at points in this film have a really good quality of life because like um because he's bright and able and he can enjoy things and it's just like if he can manage other people's reactions to his disfigurement and manage his like health related limitations he has a he has a nice time and i think that you know um so 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 i and i really i i really like that i think that's that's kind of a a a, a, a lovely point to make and not just look yeah not, not but so it's not just like this is a tragic life of someone who like, basically was always going to have a tragic life it's not it's not like that and, and uh, yeah I was I was pleased and I think that's one of the reasons I enjoyed the film uh, enjoyed the film and it's very affecting and very memorable and it should have won but then the Academy yeah. Awards the Academy Awards aren't you know there's lots of things at play there they don't necessarily go to the best films <laughs> but, no, but it was not. a um <clears throat> yes, so, so I mean, it's a masterpiece, and I think I pro- it's probably. I'm not going to say it's the best film we've ever covered, but I think it's probably one of the top two, <laughs> right? Because only really the ha- Hammer's Dracula that we've covered is a masterpiece. Completely yeah. very different film, but a masterpiece on th- this level. It's just. Um, well, yeah. I think this is very different. Oh, no, film, no, no, no. There's no point in comparing which one's better than no, the other. Exactly. But, but, but this but, is, but, it, but this is obviously like in the top tier of um, cinema works. Of I, art. Mean, I mean, this, yeah. I mean, this is this this is a <laughs> film that's that's made um, for for that sort of reason. Whereas a lot of the most of the films we look at are made basically because they they they're cheap exploitation films because they know they'll get bums on seats and make money. Um, so this this is a a, a different different beast really this is um no it, it, so I, I mean, that's that and that is that is why this isn't thought of as a horror film but because it's no, it exactly. is a horror film it's just made with more care and attention yeah. than some of them yeah not not all of them because not 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 all um not not all the horror films we cover are, are either cheaply made or made cynically but some of them yeah absolutely. So, <laughs> absolutely so i'm sort of um so i'm i'm quite pleased that you you really liked it because 
Um, I, d I didn't, it was kind of a last, a fairly sort of, I wouldn't say last minute, but a fairly last minute sort of choice, wasn't it? Because it was I, noticed it was on, I noticed it was on iPlayer and I really wanted to watch it again. because um, So I, I, I just sort of suggested it because I knew that it had um, sort of the, the, the right sort of horror. Absolutely. Undertones. And even if it didn't, who cares? It's, it's our podcast. We can come up from we like. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, okay. no, I haven't, I haven't but, finished. I've got a couple more things. Oh, go on. Go on. Right. So down the cast list, playing an alderman, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know who that was, but but, but I noticed as it was finishing down the cast list, um, Frederick Treves was in the cast, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> I don't well, think the real Frederick no. Treves would be in this film. <laughs> well, no, because he'd be he'd be close on like I, I don't know, 110 years old or something. Well, I saw that as well, but maybe Frederick Treves, maybe it's his son or something. Uh, so I looked it up. Great nephew. So, oh, so okay. it, yeah, it, I knew, knew it would be some some relation. Yeah, but he wasn't. I mean, so for, for that Frederick Treves was a, an actor, was a fairly successful actor. Um, I think obviously cast in this film due to his family relationship, but had yeah been, been uh, <laughs> acting in his own right a long career. Just happened to have the same. Well, obviously had a famous um, great uncle, so named after him, but had the same name and and, and yeah. <laughs> gone in. So 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 um, yeah, it was a double take, but it, it really is uh, <laughs> Frederick Trees related to the that Frederick Trees, uh, but, but not actually him, because that would have been probably a step too far okay um so and and the next thing uh, i think probably the the final thing but it's a biggie um and this i know is the uh, absolute game set and match when you say can you talk about the elephant man on the very british horror podcast director of photography freddie francis oh, of course yeah we i mean and this looks gorgeous this this film that's the other thing we didn't mention it looks absolutely fantastic and the, the location, the locations on it are brilliant. I mean, it uses a lot of uh, the area around sort of Shad Thames, which is uh, sort of on the south coast, south edge of the River Thames, the old industrial areas, which in the 80s were fairly derelict. Um, and, it's all and, been re now, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, it's all, it's all super, like, posh um, boutique shops and, and apartments and that, that nobody who ever worked or lived there previously would ever be able to afford so um yeah uh, and it also uses I, I know they used um they actually used the royal london hospital which is an absolutely fantastic uh victorian building uh on on basically Whitechapel road um and i believe at that time again that the the, the hospital wasn't wasn't being used i think that's right yeah yeah so david, um, david lynch um, did talks about how there were dead pigeons and things yeah and, and, and looked at the and location there's something weirdly wonderful about abandoned uh, uh victorian hospitals um, <laughs> usually used in ghost stories but obviously yeah, 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 but, but but obviously here it's not uh, a creepy place at all it's it's, it's, it's but, no 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 it's but, a nice uh, what place. I love about it is, is that it has that sort of authentic sort of dank uh, Victorian hospital feel to it because that's exactly what it is and, and I uh, superb. Uh, yeah and I think Francis's photography really helped with that because yeah. um, you know Lynch 
didn't wasn't a natural not a Londoner I had I think he'd been to London once before he came yeah. to make, make, make this film, but but you couldn't tell. I mean, it's, it's it, yeah, he, oh, he, he's got a real some... feel for location and, and place. I'm not going to say, I mean, obviously the photography helps, but that's that's Lynch as, as well. Yeah. Um, but the photography, like I say, is beautiful. And he, he had, we've talked about Freddie Francis a lot recently, yeah. but, but he had been a, an Oscar winning cinematographer. Um, he won for Sons and Lovers. Uh, he also did the cinematography for The Innocence, which is an amazing black and white film adaption of Turn of the Screw. Uh, yeah. But then he'd had his own directorial career uh, for about 15, 16 years. So he hadn't yeah. been a cinematographer. Uh, and uh, Lynch was like, because he, he saw lots of people, he wanted someone who had experience with black and white films. But... But but it was kind of a black mark against Freddie Francis. He hadn't actually been a cinematographer for such a long time, and, and apparently they, they had this other guy um, who had been doing it, who had just been um, a cinematographer his whole career, um, and, and they they thought they couldn't divide the two. Um, so Lynch and his producers, and um, and so they decided to flip a coin. Okay, <laughs> uh, and they flipped a coin, and it came up the opposite one to what um, Freddie Francis was. So um, he was heads, and it came up tails. And they were yeah. just like, "Actually, no, well, we got it's got to be Freddie Francis." <laughs> uh, but some, sometimes that's a good process. Sometimes, if you're not sure about a decision, yeah, that, that's that's quite a good way of actually solidifying what you actually really think, anyway. But. Um, yeah, no, I just think it's really good. Did Freddie Francis do the cinematography on June as well? He did. He did um, June and the Straight Story with with. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah so so there and there are also some like really kind of weird sequences in this with the dreams and there's a weird bit with with lots of uh, industrial machinery and people. Was that, yeah. was that a dream sequence with people? Yeah, it is. That's uh, a dream sequence. That's like midway through machines and stuff. But all uh, of that sort of thing is 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 really sort of beautifully filmed as well. Um, you know, lots of steam and just just really gives that sort of Victorian, probably cliched Victorian feel. But I think it's I think it's just uh, not necessarily relevant to the film. But I think no, maybe but, Lynch wanted so, to get that in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those little flourishes uh, what are the things that you think yeah this is this is the fledgling lynch sort of stuff coming out a bit here yeah absolutely. absolutely the other the other thing i just wanted to mention uh briefly firstly uh that the other person on the, on, in the cast list who just gets a brief brief mention was was pat gorman who obviously everyone knows as um a guy that does lots of bit parts and stunts in various TV shows from from the sort of seventies uh, and early eighties, mostly Doctor Who. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that I think it's really interesting you having watched this for the first time and really loving it because I I've I've seen this precisely twice now, uh, and the first time was I was fairly young possibly about 11, something like that, um, when I saw this film. And my, um, I'm trying to think, yeah, 11 would be about right. 
and my my parents absolutely loved this film. My parents were were, were I don't know if they'd gone to see it at the cinema or they may have done perhaps I'm not sure but they they they'd seen it and and they absolutely adored this film. Um, so much so that they bought a, a, a book which was about the, the, the sort of like I can't remember what it's called the making of or something but it was basically a, a, a book of photographs and a little bit of text about how this film was produced and the makeup and there's lots of pictures of John Hurt having the makeup applied and, and this book used to absolutely fascinate me and terrify me at the same time uh, and, I, and this was before I'd even seen the film so it was one of these books that was on the bookshelf that uh, I'd occasionally flick through and I just remember the the, the distinct cover it had it was a, a white uh, sleeve with a picture of him with his cap and uh, sort of hood on which which again used to kind of slightly freak me out well, so I had a kind of like a really weird view of this film before I'd even seen it well that's and then when your I, formative years yeah <laughs> exactly and then when I did actually watch it um, it it did sort of deeply upset me I have to say and so it, it was quite weird to watch it again now because I was I, I, I one of the reasons I haven't watched it again until recently was because I know it it, it did deeply upset me at that point well, I mean that, that's one of the reasons I am um, I stay away from films like this because if they yeah if they're bad they're just bad but if they're good they're they're upsetting anyway <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah but i think it's uh, actually it is quite enjoyable i mean it, it, it is it, as well as being affecting yeah i mean I, yeah I, I, yeah i'm not sure how i would have felt about it if i'd have watched it when i was really young but yeah. <laughs> but the thing about the book is you're seeing the the face and the deformity without exactly without, yeah without seeing yeah which which is well i was also seeing john hurt with various bits stuck on him as well to be fair, but... <laughs> Okay, I don't have anything else to say or, or no, no, that I can think okay, of right really. now. I think we've gone on for long enough anyway. Yeah. Um, well, it'd be interesting to see if um, people like us covering the films of David Lynch or whether they're <laughs> well, outraged. I'm not sure we can really justify any of the others. Um, <laughs> so make the most of this one. But I think it'd just be interesting to see what people think about us covering this film and what they think of this film um, and of course they can get in touch with us how oh, clever that was ways. really smooth <laughs> see <laughs> getting good at this um but you just ruined it now i know i know it. i'm not as smooth as you paul <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so they can obviously let us know what they think about covering this film is did, did people consider it a, a horror film um what do people think of it? And you can tell us uh, via our Facebook page, um, or you can just search for us as a, a Very British Horror, or on Twitter, where we're at Very Brit Horror, or send us an email. We're, we're a Very British Horror at gmail.com. One final thing on one final thing on Twitter. So somebody did tweet us um, using that very address um, in response to your kind of clue about what film we'd be covering <laughs> next. Yes. <laughs> um, to say, and they said something like, "Well, it looks like the Elephant Man, but it can't possibly be the Elephant Man." <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, you were right. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> whatever expectations you had of us we've defied them i'm sorry yeah. just in case you haven't seen that that was me basically taking a picture of myself with a pillowcase over my head yeah which was ext- extremely um <laughs> thoughtful of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah um oh okay and, and a final thing to end on um I don't, I don't think you like it, but uh, Joseph Merrick is a character in Year of the Rabbit, uh, but it's yeah. a very different version of him. <laughs> but I still quite enjoyed that because I he's like... a kind of he's a kind of bitchy sort of lovey guy, yeah. isn't he? Matt? <laughs> who, who 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 has lots of information about various things is about that right? the Victorian criminal underworld? Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, I, I I like that take on him, but it also shows the. Uh, the extent to which the elephant man is in popular culture and it's because of this it's completely there was a play as well which was unrelated but it's basically because of this film <laughs> yeah yeah oh and but, also the, the tall guy the terrible yeah well, British film uh, with jeff goblin elephant musical yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is quite a bad film isn't it i know it's, it is <laughs> yeah. i mean i gave it several chances but it's it's not yeah anyway we're not here to talk about that we're here to say i've been chris denton (laughs) and i'm still paul monk goodbye bye